0: Okay, um, are we are we rock and rolling? Alright, um, we are here in, where are we? Milton, Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes, in and the red dot bar to be specific. Uh, what a chaotic day in um, Silverstone. We've got James Blair, as always, and James Hinchcliffe. Six-time Hi. IndyCar race winner, Jeez, 18 times in, on the podium. I didn't even know that. that One pole position. Yeah. yeah, that's sad and that's that it's not as sad as no pole position
1: that's true
0: as we've just discovered (laughs) one appearance on dancing with the stars yeah yeah yeah
1: i'm furious at myself for not actually remembering that before Mm. we sat down because that's pretty much now all i want to talk about that's
2: fair that's what most people want to talk about when they talk to me yeah good
1: because elio won it and i'm not going to put you on the
2: spot well no i came second so he puts me on the spot every time i see him he reminds me that he has the mirror ball trophy and i do not you
0: finished second on dancing with the stars isn't
2: that insane Isn't that absolutely insane? Were you competing
0: against anyone that I would have known?
2: How well do you follow the U.S. pop culture I mean, I'm a big Kardashians fan, if that counts for anything. So she's done the show. Kim's done the show, but not the year I was on it. Um, Okay, Vanilla Ice, he was on my season. You probably have heard of him. (laughs) There was some very big eyes from you too. i oh. uh, I'm trying to think of people that like you would know. Um, to the extreme, I rock i like a bandit. D- d- yep. Yeah. All right. You yeah. know him well. Oh you know him All right. The girl who won was uh, an Olympic gymnast. Oh, that's named not really her fair, name is, is it's it? Not, that's some bullshit. It's not apples to apples. That's protest? true. What's that? Did you protest? Uh, did you I go to the steward's office? What's that? No, I did not. Office? I did not. No. I did not push that one. I did not appeal the results. Um... There was a football player who came third named Calvin Johnson Jr. Oh, I know Meg- him. Megatron. He's the uh, yeah. wide receiver, right? He played yeah, for the Detroit Lions. He's retired now, but he played for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, he was a machine. He's one yeah, of the best NFL awesome. players of all time. He was incredible. Yeah. I'm super impressed that you knew Oh, I'm a big impressed. I'm a big football fan. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah. Copy. Yeah. So yeah, so Megatron was on there. He was great. Uh there's a few singers, a few actresses. Um yeah, it was, it was a trip. It was what's an this, interesting experience. What's the toughest
1: part of it? Did you take because a lot of the time they'll sort of go, oh my God, I had no idea how much work this was going to be. Did you see some of those interviews
2: before and go like, all right, this is going to be really hard? Or were you still surprised? I talked to Elio. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. So I talked, so they called me, it's, it's, it's a long story that I'll, I'll truncate. Long story short is they called me one day, we'd had some conversations, but they called me one day and they're like, hey, it was a Friday of a race weekend, racing Pocono. And they called me and they're like, hey, so, you know, we decided we want you on the show. Are you willing to go on it? And I was like, no. (laughs) And they're like, no, 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 it's great. All you have to do is move to L.A. for three months and dance in front of 12 million people. And I was like, yeah, you're not selling it, bud. So they're like, you've got 48 hours to That sounds like something I would love to do, by the way. Well, I'll make a phone call if you want to go on. We like, should do a duet. I'm so up for this, you Yeah, No, no, I, no I, I would love. Oh. I've been dying for another driver to go on since because I want to like share my experience oh, with that'd somebody. That'd be great. I
0: just have no rhythm at all. Oh. Dude,
2: neither do I. I'm a five foot ten white guy from Canada. This was the extent <laughs> yeah,
0: of my yeah. dance
2: ability before the show. Yeah. But so they, they're like, you got forty-eight hours to decide if you want to uproot your life, move to LA, and dance in front of twelve million people every week for the next three months. Yeah. So. I'm not sure, and IndyCar really wanted me to do it. And I'm not sure if this was by design or not, but I got sat next to Elio at the autograph session that weekend.
0: All right. That was definitely by design. Yeah, definitely by design.
2: 100%. So I, I, so I sat there, and I was like, what do you think, man? He goes, you got to do it. He's like, you've got to do it. It was so much fun. He's got the hair grease for it, though. Like, he's I got mean, he's... so much hair grease. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure his helmet, actually, on the inside, is really just like a mold. Mm. And you just spray some hairspray in before he puts his helmet on. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it comes Come off. Like, it's perfect clicks every Clicks on time. like a Lego thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, three and a half hour Indy 500 pulls it off and he's exactly just like so. doesn't sweat at all but doesn't move doesn't move incredible no wonder he won dancing on the star but so uh so he, he basically talked to me to he goes it's a lot of work but you should do it it's a lot of fun so i'm like okay he said it's a lot of work but whatever and when they call you they, they try to sell you on it they're like all right well it's six days a week four hours a day of training or they filming. just said that that sounds quite light but i've Right. So in my very naive head, no follow-up questions, I was just like, oh, okay, so six, four hours a day, six days a week. So like, if I could take uh, an early session on Friday, mm-hmm. say like an 8 to 12, yep. then I could have Friday afternoon off, I could take Saturday as my off day, mm. and then a late session on Sunday... Like, Becky could, like, we could go travel around California, do little, like, little small one night yeah. trips and kind of see the you wine know, country. Like, yeah, go to Sonoma, sometimes Santa, right. Santa Monica and go down to San Diego. be great. <laughs> <laughs> nay, nay. How it really works is it's a minimum of four hours. Oh. And if you only do four hours, you will go home in week one. Round one. Yeah. And the six Hold days. Hold up, but this is training, right? Yes, yeah, this is practice. This oh is like my rehearsal. days. And then the, the sixth day, the seventh day is show day. Which you have to be there for the entire day. Yeah. So you have oh. zero days off. And if you want to do anything re- resembling a good result, it's tw- uh, eight to 12 hours a day for, for seven straight days for three Jeez. straight months. And you um, got a,
0: a very decent result. So I'm assuming that's sir, what you did.
2: That's exactly what I did. So forgive me,
0: uh, but were you like partnered with someone or? Yeah, so
2: how it works is they, they, uh, they give you a pro okay. who are the real stars of the show. Yeah. So they're all professional the dancers. The backbones, right. backbones okay. of the show. Backbones of the show. And uh, so so my partner was named Sharna. She's an Australian. And, <laughs> I could have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she'd been on the show for like 10 seasons. And she was great. She was amazing. Great teacher. Great choreographer. Because like the, the pros have like the hardest job because they have to, first of all, put up with people that know nothing about dance. Mm-hmm. Like imagine going to a racetrack with someone that had never sat in a car. Like couldn't even drive a road car, right? And you had to have them racing within six days.
0: It's a tough job. It's
2: a big ass. Yeah. So they had to do that, but imagine you also had to like set the car up and design the track because they have to, <laughs> you have to design <laughs> yeah. the dance, choreograph the dance, design the set, the costumes, yeah, your like tango, all this. That's all Paso a doble whole, is all your, the, your the fact star, you know the, what a yeah. pasodoble is mind boggling <laughs> to me. Yeah. You are already ten steps <laughs> ahead it's of where that, I was it's when I started. mind boggling to absolutely zero of <laughs> <laughs> Big Pasadena guy. Yeah. Big ballroom <laughs> fan over here. So, yeah, so, so, yeah, partner, partner with a partner. And it's, yeah, it's, so you could do only four hours a day. That was the minimum requirement for right, right, right. the contract. But then you would if suck. Else, and I don't like sucking at things. So I put in the extra time and athlete.
0: And you did this alongside your IndyCar commitments? It uh,
2: ended, the season started the week before it finished. The IndyCar season ended. So basically, I did the first show. Okay. So I didn't move out to LA. I was doing my normal IndyCar thing. We did the first show, which was a little patchy because I wasn't necessarily practicing as hard as I should be. That following weekend, I had a race. So the second week was really bad because it films on Mondays, right? Yeah. So normally you practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday... And it's live? Friday. Right? The show's live. Yeah. Which sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah Can you imagine yeah. if this show is live? Oh, you can be... screw up. There's no redos. There's no, like, second takes. You just I just
0: to... wish, I want to get Rory to get this up on the screen for the viewers. I want to see you going, like, panting. <laughs> <laughs> Getting critiqued on your tango. Re- yeah, was, and I'm and really it... wondering where you're going for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that video? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, no, dude, it's, it's, like, a lot of work. It's a yeah. good workout. Your hands on your hips.
0: <sighs> All right.
2: And then How'd again, do? you're like the Okay. Because, like, you know, you got to be good at getting criticism. I like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I see that. I understand. yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, 100%. Like, you you know exactly what it I can't believe I
0: didn't know this before mm-hmm. I looked you up on Wikipedia. Yeah. Because this is, that's, when I was young. Okay. That wasn't that long. ago. I was going to say, like, eight and a half minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. with <that>.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Dancing with the Stars was one of my favorite shows. Are got you a, serious? Yeah. New Zealand
2: yeah. version. O- of course, and it's, every country has a version it's, now. It's just former All Blacks.
1: Actually, uh, I'll tell okay. you. I'll tell you a little That's
0: secret, it. James. Um, my mum's ex partner was actually a judge on Dancing with the Stars. No way. Yeah, and he actually taught me how to dance. Did uh, he? It poorly. Job. He did. Yeah. He did it poorly. But <laughs> um, so Dancing with the Stars has a has a
2: you get close place to your heart. Yeah, I, I respect that.
0: That's why I want to get on. Yeah. I don't know if we can sort of.
2: Oh, I can make calls. Oh man, if we I could.
0: I can make
1: calls. I'm. I'm so into this. You have actually, like, literally no idea. No,
2: I've been dying for another driver to go on. What oh, songs, What
0: songs? like, for example, were you dancing to?
2: So it was different. The, the show's evolved quite a bit. Um, it sounds like a weird thing to say or no, But yeah. when I was on, the budgets were a little lower, to be honest. And so they didn't often pay for, like, big songs. That makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of the songs I had never heard. A couple of them I did. A couple of them you have some say... For the most part, the producers just give you the, the song, they give you the type of dance, and you just have to like, go yeah. figure it out. Um, a couple you had some say over. But yeah, a lot of them were kind of random, never heard before. Now they've got a bigger song. So, But back then we had a lot more like costume, and there was a lot of troupe involved, and, and stage stuff. What was the best costume you wore? Define best. Okay, a G-string. Uh, but worst.
1: I mean, that's what I mean by best, to Okay, be so yeah. worst
2: is... Yeah, I mean, find worst. It's it. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. And what, what was the ugliest, and what was the most uncomfortable? Good. Okay. So the most uncomfortable was uh, we did a Halloween dance that was a Joker Harley Quinn theme. Okay. Okay. It was actually. It's the most watched, or it had been. I don't know if it still is. It was the most watched on YouTube Dancing with the Stars dance of all time. No, it will be now. Yeah. Okay, said, now you guys are going to tune in and check it out. <laughs> help boost my numbers up in case we've slipped to number two. But they had to, like, they made this suit. It couldn't be, like, it couldn't be the Joker because that's, you know, copyright infringement. So <laughs> yeah. they, they like, they lacquered this. It was a suit, but it was painted in something and it was so lacquered. It was a, so stiff and very uncomfortable. Restricted your movement, I imagine. Very much so, right. which is tough when you're trying to dance. Right. And then, you know, I had one. we it's did like a, James and a
0: nightclub, you know. You know how that feels. You, when you're wearing too much, it's tight. Oh, 100%, touch yeah, skinny you jeans. You just start
2: taking clothes off until you get arrested. Yeah, <laughs> It's a very fine line. Yeah. It's a no, very it's fine not. line. <laughs> yeah. You know that line. And you regularly <laughs> blow right past yeah. it. Very yeah. willingly. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> so what was the ugliest? Well, I, I, so I had to do one. I had to do a rumba that was in like what would be a, like competition style outfit, mm. which was just like a, a blue lace top
1: nice like
2: it was more see-through than this glass oh, and the right. v and there's like one button at the belly button so it was like the deepest v you've ever seen are you pretty ripped at the time Mariana as well though? like
1: are you kind of stoked about it
2: well like, i'm at the mm, time mate what are you talking about well i mean right
1: well now, I, you now, know man. i know you're not training as much as you used to but. you don't know that
2: yeah. <laughs> you're right get but, it off yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're right but you don't know that <laughs> well no you get so lean doing that show because you're just running around for eight hours a day oh, every day man, practicing but yeah, so yeah, so that one was tough because like I'm wearing less than a shirt, but like pretending like I'm wearing a shirt. That yeah. one was weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, rec- I you'd really enjoy that kind of number. I think I've seen you wear something really similar to that before. Yeah. <laughs> also so to so the nightclub. Club, yeah. 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 Very
0: very true. Very true. Uh, I guess we should switch gears now to the present day. Mm. Uh, you are a pundit, presenter, commentator.
2: F one TV. All of the above. All of the I above. I don't really through. know the difference between. I should. F one TV now. and yeah. also NBC
0: IndyCar. Yes, sir. Um, now, from what I understand from Twitter, uh, you seem to speak really highly of me on on uh, on the broadcast, which is yeah bizarre. Oh right? yeah, I, I've noted that. And I appreciate ha- oh really? Yeah. Okay, good, good. And
2: um, and F one as well. Mm-hmm. So I speak highly of you on F1 as well. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. find it hard any to excuse. <laughs> <laughs> any excuse. Yeah, excuse. Hey guys, did you know that Marcus Armstrong was here this weekend? He's just hanging out, but I mean, he's yeah, here, I and mean, that's a big deal. You
1: know. If Perez gets any further yeah. down in qualifying, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. yeah they're like,
2: they're like, James, there's 30 seconds left to go in Q3. Do you mind shutting up for a second? And we'll just <laughs> cover this. I'm like, but yeah. Mark, yeah, no, okay, we'll get ba- <laughs> we'll get back to Marcus. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're
0: you're doing F1, you're doing IndyCar. Yeah. Um, now the both racing car series now tell me what are the main differences between the two jobs obviously it's a similar similar thing similar philosophy but it's a
2: great question because i'm I'm
1: shocked at how good a question yeah that's that's that's
2: a very deep like philosophical look on my new career and it's a it's it's good because they're quite different and that's ignoring the differences between indycar and f1 that that part's irrelevant right those people know those fine the, the way uh, NBC works in IndyCar, right? It's NBC. It's Network Sports American Broadcast. Like, mm-hmm. that is the... Yeah. I, I've learned... It's like the pinnacle of television, of yeah. live traditional television. Traditional
1: media is traditional media.
2: Traditional yeah. sport... Like, American Network Sports television is, like, some of the greatest TV that people, like, in the yeah. business, apparently, look up to. It's very structured. It's got a formula. They've been doing it for 100 years. That's why it's good. All these things, right? So it's it's it is very structured. Um, it's a little. Certain elements are a little more scripted. There's a lot. There's a lot to it. Scripted as well. In terms not, of not like scripted is the wrong word. You're not like reading off a prompter script right, anything. Right, right. But you have suggestions. So you're you're given. Let's say we've got a pre race. We've got a half hour pre race before barber, right? And we know in segment two we're covering these three topics. But everything's really tightly to the minute, to the second. Yeah, I so I was like, okay, so we're going to this topic second. Is that second. tied to,
0: like, the TV director as well? Correct. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. It's, it's just,
2: the, the production behind the scenes is incredible. Okay. Like the, there's, like, eight trucks that sit in the TV compound. Yeah. They all have ten people in them yelling and screaming and pushing buttons. Like it's absolutely manic what goes on behind. Like, if you've ever, you've stood on a timing stand during a race. Yes. And it, and you're mm. it's terrifying how much yelling yes. and, like, chaos there is. Mm. That's, like, six people. Imagine, like, 60 people And you over are hearing trucks. this... In no, your... I'm not hearing all of it. Okay. You have one person that talks to you who filters down the need-to-know information.
0: But I imagine when you're trying to speak smoothly and sort of, like, commentate, for lack of a better word, and you have someone speaking in your ear, that's yeah. got to be the most bizarre is, thing. Is there a it's
1: media tough. equivalent to don't talk to me during the corners?
2: You know what? No, but there should be. That's yeah. brilliant. Is I need like to like bring that up that in that my next like, production meeting. Yeah. yeah, well, it's... No, there should be though. Cuz yeah. that's that's a good one. There needs to be but it's got you're on camera, right? So it's got to be like a subtle just sure. like Shut little the fuck you know. Up. Yeah. <laughs> you got to just like you know like adjust your tie mid-sentence and the producer yeah. knows like, "Oh, okay, hang on a minute." But so like everything. So like you'll be given a. T- like we know we're going to a certain top. We're going to talk about Marcus Armstrong's season so far. I wish Townsend, you get ten. You get fifteen seconds. James, you get fifteen seconds, and then we'll wrap up to the next. So that's what I mean. You've got to know you've got a small window, so you don't script it. But in my head, I'll be like, okay, what do I say about him in fifteen seconds? You know, he's okay. He's, so they tell you you should, have fifteen seconds. Yeah, they break down how because everything's to the second. Yeah. So you can't commercial really breaks use, like... are at a certain time. Like you can't. And if some, if some, if Townsend talks too long. I know it's just it comes off my time and I gotta and they're telling me like hey get it back to Lee in five four three two and then I just have to shut up. Oh, by so I'm starting to up for, really, for yeah. results yeah. here right in is right America. Really, from, really, from, really, me to kid. Yo, number eleven. Back to you, Lee. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like it's tough. It's part tough. On F1 TV because it's a streaming service, you have no window. Right. 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 So it's structured in that we know we want to cover this. We know we have these interviews in the can that we're going to show, but like we could do a post-qualifying we could do a 20 minute show we could do a 32 minute show it doesn't matter so we use a lot more freedom so it's a lot more conversational like in case this weekend, you know, Laura went to bring up a topic and then Jolien and I can kind of shoot back and forth. Either he can say something and if I have something to say, I can say it or I can It's essentially not. like
0: a super long podcast, then.
2: It's kind of like a long form Yeah. podcast, basically. Right. But you're getting rained on and you're it so, happens. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah, does happen. So in that sense, it's quite different, but that's why I like it because they are so different. They're different challenges, but there's also different things I enjoy about them.
0: So you've gone from F1 commentary, you're obviously on the NBC broadcast. You're also a driver. I know a lot of our fans follow IndyCar, but tell us, you were in Andretti. If, if
1: we can, if yes. we can, if we can bring it right back. If I may be so bold as to interrupt your question, there, I want to bring it back to A1GP. Yeah, good man. Oh, what a lad! Because that man. was one of my favorite championships
2: to ever exist. The best, exists. It was the best championship think, that's ever. Existed. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, and I think that today is a gap in the market for it. You know, you're not the only one because I've heard rumors that someone's trying to fire it back oh, up. Oh man, let's go! That'd be sick. It would be mega. So. For those that don't know at home, A1GP, why it was so great. Well, We'll list the reasons why it was so great. You had a spec car, which I know sucks to a lot of F1 fans, and I get it. But, like, for the racing, it is better, period. It's not not up for debate. No, it's not. Yeah. It ran in the traditional off-season. So even if you had a job or a full-time ride, you could still participate in this championship. So what, October through February? Basically. Okay. Uh, the you had to drive for your country, which was kind of the, that's like the, the quirky caveat. About it. You know, you can love that or hate that. I, I don't really care about that part. What what I care about is the fact that the car gets the points, not the driver. So you can split duties between drivers, and it doesn't affect the championship position.
1: Because like oh Bamber and Johnny Reid, they that's shared the right. New Zealand. Johnny car. Reed absolutely. Yeah. I shared the, I shared the Canada
2: well. car. Like a lot of teams did that. They would split up race weekends. Right. They had a mandatory uh, rookie driver for first practice. So it encouraged teams to have young drivers that got exposure and experience on a on a big scale. Yeah. Also great. We race all over the world. Incredible. Including New Zealand. Taupo Motorsport. Card. Taupo. I yep. raced Taupo.
0: Amazing. In I watched you, I was there? Nine. 06. Earlier, No, 06, yeah. 07. Oh, oh, 07. Did you 07. race 06? Yeah. So, mate, I was at that race. There you go. As were a f- you were A1 GP in 06? As a two-year-old. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was there. At, yeah, I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> Just to put things I'll yeah. find a photo of me saying hello to, I think it was, uh, who's the Audi driver at the moment who, uh, I'll remember the name, but. In what series? I've, he's a French driver. He drove for Team France. Le LaPierre? Yeah. Well, Le yep. Pierre? Uh, no, no, no. He's uh, he was in DCM for a long he even time. Said that anyway, in <laughs> no, 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 no. It no. was Nicolas LePierre, or it was, um... uh, commas, how, how do you call his name? Comma the know DC? He is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll think about it. You keep
0: thinking about. Anyway, that. I've got a photo of me as like a six-year-old. with, yeah. with him. It's brilliant. I would have walked past you at the autograph
2: session. Probably walked that's right past me, and knocked on my autograph. So kind of fuck you, but whatever. Yeah. I
0: probably no actually. No, you
2: definitely have my autograph. I was adorable. There's no way you did not stop. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a beard. I looked. I looked probably the same age as you at six.
1: Yeah, I actually Earl Bamber was at Sky City in uh, in Auckland oh, there the with you. With, yeah, yeah, they were hard on the pokies. Ten grand down. Um, <laughs> no, they had a display of the A1 car, and I actually got his autograph on my wallet at the time. <laughs> I got my first wallet, and it was the only thing I had. I was like, can you sign this? He's, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and then I got Johnny Reid on the other
0: side because I went to school with his brother.
2: Obviously. Yeah. Assume. big fan
0: vibes going on here yeah, right?
2: yeah. huge great no i think a1 was awesome sprint race and a feature race one had a pit stop one didn't one was rolling start one was standing start it literally covered some of the other big names in there hulkenberg did, did a Hülkenberg great job was there. in it um, Hulkenberg
0: dominated
2: if i remember well, yeah, the, yeah the year he won the championship it was by a mile uh you had like robbie kerr racing the yep. british car uh you had uh, Adam Carroll in the in Ireland, your own Um I mean, Checo Perez was a rookie driver. That's right, I remember that. Yeah. To um, oh, I can picture his face. I can't think of his name. Up. Uh it'll come to me. But yeah, I mean, Checo Perez was a he was a kid. He was a he was the backup. He was the rookie driver. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was awesome. Man. Me and Robbie Wickens did it for Team Canada for a That's long time. That's a good one. Ollie that. Jarvis, he yeah. was in uh, for a long time as well with Robbie. So, Kerr. how old
0: were you when you were doing that? because this 20, was pre-indie 20, lights 21. yeah yeah yeah
2: because yeah, i did atlantic when the, when IndyCar and champ car were still split i was on the champ car side of things so mm-hmm. i was doing atlantic the indy lights equivalent and then champ car folded everything merged and i had to like laterally move to lights when mm-hmm. i was hoping to already kind of jump up delayed my career a little bit but right what are you gonna
0: do? so you would have did you try to go to Europe or you just always wanted to stay in America at that point?
2: So my, my, honestly, my best shot at actually doing something in Europe was before A1. Um, Formula BMW. I don't know if you remember oh, that yeah. championship. Yes. They'll race that. They'll yeah. race that. Same, same year I did and a different. So there was four championships. There was, um, Germany, England,
1: uh, sounds like Formula 4 nowadays. Right. Yeah.
2: Uh, Asia and North America. Right. And so, the North American series um, started the year I did I was one of the first drivers to do it, and I got a, a scholarship from, I, you know, went to a shootout and got a scholarship from BMW to, like, participate. I came second in the championship, one rookie of the year, and they offered me a ride in the British championship, which at the time was kind of like the one. Yeah. And I kind of had to make that decision, like, hey, do I want to move to Europe at 17 and, like, try to do the F1 thing? And long story short is my parents were just like, you're not doing that. No. Like, that's, that's, that's too big a job. You're too far away from making a living. You need to go to school. You need to have a backup plan, all that stuff. And I and I get it. I don't begrudge that at all. Oh, it's a smart thing to do. It worked out. It worked out all right. So we stayed in North America and focused here. Yep. Uh, so the A1 thing was great, but it wasn't – it was never for me like a – trying to leapfrog into Europe. It was just, it was a great thing to do in my off season and get some, race against some great drivers, get some great experience, travel the world. I was like 2021 going to China, Japan, Indonesia, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, it was fucking mental, man. And you got to actually spend some time there. It wasn't just like airport, hotel, see you later. Well, because when you're going that, you know, based in North America, going to all those places, that's a big time zone shift, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know how F1 drivers do it, honestly. None. because I would need to be and maybe they maybe they do show up a week before and I don't know but sometimes even more so 100% yeah so yeah so we would try to show up as early as I could justify going to acclimate sure. to the time zone or whatever yeah <laughs> and uh, and a lot of races were kind of like you know one one stint we had a race in China a week off a race in Malaysia a week off a race in Indonesia so I was like I'm not going back to North America no. so I stayed out in Asia for 6 weeks and the off weeks, he just traveled around. We went to Bali for a weekend one time. Went Macau, the oh, F3 cool. race in Macau, fell one of those off weekends. So oh, Ollie awesome. Jarvis, who was my team, Team Canada and Team GB were were team cars, oh, okay. and he was so he was my teammate, good buddy, and he was racing in in, in F3. So like, I'm just gonna go to Macau and hang out with Ollie, awesome. So like, it, it was it was the best. It was the best man. It's the best championship.
1: Yeah, and then all, sort of through the, the ladder of Indy Lights, then into IndyCar. And when you stepped into an IndyCar, was it, we were talking a little bit earlier before, of like, it feels like hard work up until that point, but then that's really when the hard work actually kicks in. Was it a wake up call or was it what you expected? Or was it, because obviously you're going through that right now, you arrived at IndyCar and seeing what it's like. What was your.
2: Yeah, I I think I was prepared for it in the sense that, like, yeah, it's super hard to even get that opportunity, but then once you get it, that's really when it gets hard, right? I mean, getting the chance to do it once is very difficult maintaining that that position when there's a fleet of drivers from all over the world that are trying to get that same seat every year for your entire career like that's the real hard work so
0: what was your first which year was your first 2011
2: trip? was okay. my rookie year and Joe for newman haas was there last year as a team now
0: i asked you as a joke uh on your podcast actually um, Dario Franchitti's advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For your first, re- I didn't actually get a proper answer out of you. I, if if you told me, I don't remember because okay. there were so many people right. around us. At that the was time.
2: a bit hectic. I do apologise. There that. was. Pro- by the way,
0: let's put it into context. I went on his podcast for a brief moment at the Indy 500 yeah, yeah. in the fan zone. Yeah. Uh, surrounded by probably 500 fans. Uh, it was an incredible atmosphere. <laughs> Hinch being the lovely guy, he has agreed to come on my podcast. Yeah. Surrounded Same. by
1: the backbones well, and Kent. Ali and Rory. Uh, <laughs> beautiful back trial You were panicking early. <laughs> it's a, I hope you mind me saying. It's just so. Like, oh, I went on just podcast and. It, oh was no. like it was like so professional. They had sponsors. It was coordinated. It was a
2: nice setting. It was just just so like, you know, we are that's screaming meals. That's like. the only one that we have sponsors or people for. Like every other one is just me and Alex sitting just like this. So yeah. you're totally you've you have a big misconception about what our podcast is. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was blown away. By the way, anyway, so yeah. I tried to ask you. Yeah,
0: um, what Dario's advice right. was.
2: Which it was great advice, right? So my first race, so I. I got a call. I did. I had a good season in New lights. Got a call from and Haas. Hey, we want to test you. Tested me. Went really well. We want to hire you. Cool. Signed a deal. They had no sponsor. But like the, the classic thing with sponsorship and racing, right? Is like, well, you can't sell a sponsor till you know what driver you're selling. Sure. But you can't sign the driver till you have the sponsor to hire the driver. <laughs> yeah. and right. Right. And right. S- right. Yeah. So I was like, well, I have no other options. So yeah, I'll sign. I don't give. You know. Yeah. So I signed the contract. Like, hey, now we know who we're selling. We're going to find a sponsor. Great. It was Newman Haas. Like, they'd won seven championships. Michael Andretti, Mario Andretti, Sebastian Borla. Like, these guys were... I'm like, we're fine. We're good. We were not good. And uh, we didn't actually get a sponsor in time to make the first race. So, like, long story short, I ended up making it in time for the second race. So my first race in my career was the second race of that season. And the two years prior, I've been running Indy Lights. Which track was that? Barber. Okay. Tough track as well. Tough track. So the... The two years prior, I've been running Indy Lights, and every weekend at the start of the IndyCar race, I would go walk the grid. I had no reason to be there. I just wanted to see and be seen, right? I, I could. My hard card got me there, so I'm like, why yeah. not? So I would do this walk, and then with 10 minutes before the green, they, like, clear everybody that's non-team out, right? So my first race, I'm there, and uh, I actually qualify eighth next to Dario. Oh, wow. Who, who's, like, one of my heroes. Same. It means and, well. yeah. It, unbelievable. So my, like shitty car with no sponsors on it is sitting next to the target jib canassi (laughs) kind of a 10 just sitting there on the grid and the whistle goes to that 10 minutes to clear everybody off and i like almost start walking off the grid because i'm just (laughs) so used to like that being my signal to get out of dodge i'm like i cannot believe i'm doing this so anyway so we get through that weekend next weekend was long beach and we finished first practice and Dario and i are walking back And, and he, he'd been a friend for a while. We had a mutual sponsor when I was in light. So I'd done a bunch of events with him and we had some mutual friends. So I kind of knew him a little bit and he was like, so how are you finding things? I'm like, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Like it's crazy being out there and like, you know, I'm trying to stay out of the way like Dixon's coming on a hot lap when I'm coming out of the pits and I'm like trying to just like not upset Scott Dixon ever (laughs) at any point in my entire career. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) And like, I'm like, you're out there and Tony's out there and Hunter A and and Pat, you know, it it was, man, I was just like, it's kind of wild. And he goes, Hinchy, my boy, and he throws his arm around, and he goes...
0: "Scottish shack scent as well.
2: What's that? Got the squatter-shack scent as well. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, you really, goes, you spend your whole life trying to get here, and then you realize, when you, once you do, you're racing against the same assholes you've been racing against since go-karts. Yeah. And it's something about it just, clay. it was like that whole, like the mentality is just, they're just drivers. They're just people, right? And to be fair, like Marco was on the grid and Graham was on the grid and I had literally been racing those guys since go-karts. Yeah. And it, we're all the same. Once the helmet goes on, everybody's the same, right? Mm-hmm. And so... That little bit of advice, just like, stop looking at Scott Dixon like he's Scott Dixon, which is hard to do. Never. I'm going to keep referencing Scott because I have a small man crush on him, but Same. it's not small. It's a pretty large. It's, it's, it's
1: the third smallest on this. Yeah, table, I can yeah. tell you that right now. If it's well,
2: office. how many restraining orders do you have nice. against the Dixon yeah. family? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm right. collecting. I'm almost a full hand now. So... <laughs> But no, but but honestly, that was the best advice he gave me because I just, like, started ignoring the color of the car, the number of the car, the helmet in the car, and just started, like, that's just the driver. It doesn't matter who it is. You just have to beat the drivers. So. Yeah.
1: I found that quite easy when I raced Supernats. So I was used to racing yeah. in New Zealand, and you know who was fast and all that kind of stuff. And then you get on a track where you have no idea who anyone is, and you're like, well, should I, guess I just do the best no I care. can? Yeah. And then we'll <laughs> see where we end up. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And then from 2011... When was your first one? Was 2013? Is
2: that right? For yes, yeah. On
1: an un, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, on an unbelievable switchback move. No, second, no, second win. Second win. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, First
2: win was St. P. So first race of the season in 13. Right. Yeah. Um, what team are you with at the time? With Andretti. So, okay. so Newman Haas folded at the end of 2011. And I mean, it's 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 kind of a, it's a very sad story. So I I they told me they were going to sign me. We we're going to go back. Everything we won Rookie of the Year. Everything was great. Which I have money on you for doing that, so don't screw that up. How much have you got on it? It doesn't matter, and <laughs> I know you're missing a few races coming up, so just make sure the ones you're in, you, you do well. Yeah, maximize the result. Please do. If not and, for you, yeah, for m- more for yeah. me. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'll He'll bring that up in the. He'll be fine. My future depends on this. I put a lot of <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So um, they said we were good. We were gonna we were gonna race the next year, and then in December, a lot of factors played into them deciding to just close the team down yeah and it was pretty tough like in December there's nothing left yeah in terms of drives and like we had no spike we had blown every sponsor dollar we had on getting that ride off the ground and like mm. we were out of it and yeah. kind of in trouble so we
1: probably started things like about November early,
2: early yeah yeah, yeah. so um, tragically the last race of the season Dan Weldon was killed mm. and he had signed a contract to race for Andretti the following so, uh, year yeah and when I got let go, or when the team folded, they had not yet filled the car. Mm-hmm. And I got a call from Michael saying, hey, we're, we've got to fill Dan's car. There's one of two people. You're one of them. Yeah. There was, there's two guys on the list. You're one of you them. You said who the other one was? Uh, no, I'm no, going to leave don't. that out. Yeah. Um, but I, obviously, I ended up getting it. So, yeah. so my second year, I raced with Andretti, got our first podium, you know, had a couple podiums, had a great year. And then 13, my second year with the team, we got a win in St. Pete. It was, just a, it was just a good race, man. We qualified fourth, got up to second late in the race. There was a restart. Back then we had double file restarts, Whoa. which okay. were manic. Don't recommend them. <laughs> and on the re- Elio was leading on the restart. He kind of got it a bit wrong. I sort of high-loaded him in turn one and then led the last, I don't know, whatever, 15 laps and got the first win.
1: Yeah. And then the, the second
2: one, which I do vividly yeah, I remember, can... yeah. that was Brazil.
1: Yeah, that's right. And yeah. It got last, tight, tight happened. Not dissimilar to Long Beach, but yeah. obviously it was a bit of a straight running into it. Yeah. And it was all going good. And then it was all over. And it was back. Oh. Ecstasy. I remember watching uh, that finished and then I had to go and catch the bus to school. <laughs> and I was like, that was
2: fucking awesome. Well I like, think like as a driver, as anyone that's raced anything, right? A last corner, last lap pass uh, for the win is like one of the coolest things you can do, yeah. right? Oh, so yeah. like to check that one off was well, that
1: was fun. I think like talking of one of the coolest things you can do, Indy five hundred. <clears throat> first experience of that, you were driving as opposed to observing kind of, or
2: do you get to have that experience with a team for similar to dipstick idea not not as similar as dipstick yeah. mine was so i first saw it as a fan yeah in 08 mm-hmm. and great, uh, year. great year great year right yeah dixon for the win thank you praise be praise be to scott <laughs> yeah and um then i you know i raced lights nine and ten sure so you're yeah. kind of there you uh, see okay, it whatever yeah. and then ten i actually i actually called it for ims radio for the radio network i called the race which wow. is pretty cool that's cool and then 11, yeah. So 11, I was in it. But it's funny, right? Because like you hear, and you've probably been through this too, right? And, and you're going to properly go through it next year. Because so, he'll be full-time next year. Mm. So you hear people talk about the Indy 500. You hear drivers talk about it. Oh, it's just, oh, you don't, you don't know. It's so, oh, it's this, it's that. All this, all the superlatives you could think of, whatever. And you're like, yeah it's a, it's a big race. I get it. Yeah. And then I went, and, and I'll never forget, I feel bad saying this, but it was Ryan Briscoe. Australian, grew up racing in Europe, wanting to be an F1, and I would hear him talk about how great the Indy 500 was, how much he loved, how much respect. I'm like, you're lying. Like, you're just saying that because you have to say it. You never wanted to be here. You wanted to be an F1. I get it. Did you say it it to his face? Oh my God, no. (laughs) No, this was, I was just watching him on TV. I didn't even know him at this point. Okay. Because I've always wanted to say that to someone's face. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and so. Well, I've said it to Rossi's face, I think, because <laughs> it's true. And but so I, I, I was like, this—it's just too much. Like they, these guys put this act on for the 500. It's a little much. Mm. Like you, you lather it on a who's, bit. Who's picked. got the biggest act? Well, no, but here's the oh, here's the point. Here's the point. So then, so I would seen it. I'd obviously watched it since I was a kid. So I'm like, yeah, it's a big race. Whatever. whatever. Then I saw it in person, and 08 wait, for the first time, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay, okay now now i kind of get it that all right now it makes more sense mm. and then in 2009 i like i lived in indianapolis at that point and now i was participating in the in the grand event of the of the month of may doing the freedom 100 at the time the indy lights race and i was like oh man no i didn't get it like when i just came for the weekend as a fan i didn't get it now that i'm in indy and i'm kind of part of it, I'm like now i get it and then in 2011 when i'm actually in the race and everything that's involved and in i was like I actually had, no, no, I didn't get it at all. Now, nah, now right. I finally understand it. And every year you go, so never get feeling it. <laughs> <goes>. you'll never <laughs> yeah, understand yeah, yeah. it. I don't mean to be it. You yeah, will never yeah, understand yeah, yeah. it. And Little Al's got that famous. I mean, you need to really brush up on your 500 history if you haven't already. But when Little Al won a 92, he says in, in in victory lane, you just don't know what Indy means. And it's one of the most succinct, but like well-rounded comments about that race. Yeah. Because until you've lived through the highs and lows of the Indy 500, which you have. just don't, which I have, mm. you just don't get it. And so I, I'm glad I never said that to Briscoe because I believe him now. At mm. the time, I thought he was full of it. But it's legit. That place is just, it's so unique. Mm. And you've seen it, and you've been there, and you've seen all the what can happen. Mm. But until you live it, like, you'll feel differently next year than you do this year. Well, I watched
0: it on TV, obviously, every single year when Scott was doing it. Right big Dixon fan as you are and I obviously went this year I was sitting on Paloo's stand for basically the whole month mm. and honestly from from where I was sitting everything was under control from day one through Quali, through to race day up until uh, until ups. DK <laughs> took him out in the pit <laughs> yeah. lane yeah. and even then when he got taken out in pit lane it was still under control
2: like everyone on that stand was like
0: no worries he'll come back yeah it's a and very he uni- did.
2: yeah. It's a very unique situation that you witnessed, yes, individually because that's not normal <laughs> for any driver for any team. You yeah. have an exceptional driver that you were paying attention to and an exceptional team. It is so unique. What you like. you're like, oh yeah, this indie thing's not so hard. You just practice well. You qualify first. You lead most of the race. You get taken out, but then you come back and finish in the top five. <laughs> this indie thing's pretty easy.
0: But it was so it's cool not- to to listen to those four. In the engineering room Obviously Takuma Two times champion Scott obviously Marcus And Alex You know Four guys who are capable Of winning it And they were just like Smooth as silk Even Scott The day of the race right Like I don't think He would mind me saying it But He was so calm Like he was yeah. He was the biggest jokester In the room The whole day And He's the uh, Iceman man You can't
2: yeah. You can't you can't ruffle him
0: Yeah he's Pre-Räikkönen Iceman
1: Räikkönen's a yeah. Is a fraud <laughs> Yeah Poser. Yeah. Wannabe. Yeah. He'll never run right. anything, that guy. Too <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> he was so calm. And, yeah. like, it blew my mind that, you know, this race means so much to everyone, but Scott especially. And he's just so calm. You know, almost to the point where it was like his engine blew up after Quali. And, sorry, in practice, just before Quali. And still, not a problem. He was like, no worries. It'll be all good. We'll be sweet. Just so much confidence. And then, I mean, he he'll, he'll actually laughed about five minutes. No, not five minutes. Twelve minutes before the Quali session at, what was the last race we were at? Mid-Ohio. Yeah. He was asleep before Quali. It's so he's chilled He is
1: de- Mr. Mid-Ohio. He owns that place. He does.
0: And then yeah. I, I shut the closet door a bit too loud and he woke up. And he looked at his watch. And he's like, oh, I better go. And just walked out. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's a legend.
0: Scott, it's That's the truth. Ice cold. 12 minutes before the session. Why he's so good? Unflappable, man. And then he was like P1 on the session or P2. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Goes without saying. Ridiculous. Then on, just touching quickly back on on the highs and lows of the 500. I thought we were touching quickly back on Dancing with the Stars. Okay, uh, go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, If we could touch quickly on Scott Dixon, I wouldn't mind that either. um, (laughs) Second time for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back to those restraining orders. I'm going to go to a real serious topic now. because This is going to be real weird. So you always... Horrific, horrific accident and injuries subsequently from I? qualifying at Indy five hundred or practice practice. Post so qualifying practice. practice. Yeah. yeah. And then and it was the rest of the season you were Yeah, I was out. Gone, yeah. And what
2: again, sorry, correct me if I am wrong, but the next year mm. you polled it. Mm. Mm. My one and only poll, as we've discussed. What did that feel like? That was cool, man. I mean, in indie qualifying is is more effort and energy and importance than even like a normal race weekend, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a pole at Indy is better than a win at any other track, minus Indy, obviously. Yeah. And there's a point of pride, not just for the driver, like a lot for the team, right? The fact that you built and executed the fastest race car mm-hmm. at the 500, which we now know means so much to people, and it's undisputed. Like, it's you put the five, to- right? it's on yeah. a stopwatch, yeah. You know, and that alone is just such a cool accomplishment and to do it like basically a year and 10 days or whatever it was not even let's call it a year almost to the day from when i was bleeding out in turn four and nearly died Mm. um with with mainly the same crew too like my crew is almost unchanged from one year to the next so that made it Ah. extra special because yes fine i got hurt and i was out but like a race team's a family you know that and so when I went out, like, you, you're, they lost a brother, right? You lose a member of the family. So mm-hmm. those guys went through something very tough and, yeah. and and stressful and painful the same way I did. Well, different way, but same yeah. way that I did. And so to all be back together and go back to India, and, and before we got there, everyone was like, oh, we're going back to India. Like, how's he going to be? Like, is it going to be the same? Like, is he going to be able to do it? Whatever. Well, what I remember, was the outlet like? Well, I remember sitting down with my crew before we got to India. because that's all anybody could talk about, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, I get this was the story for the last year, but I'm really sick of telling this story. So I told him, I was like, we need to leave this month with a new story to, for people to tell. And we finished third in the GP. So we're like, all right, I'm on the podium there, good effort. And then we qualified on pole. I'm like, all right, this is it. Now that's the story, yeah. right? And so we stopped talking about, oh, you know, is Hinchley going to be all right? When I-? And we went out there, and it was cool, man. It was. I was just so happy for the crew. I was so happy for the team. And I mean, it was a it was a hairy run as any good qualifying run in India is, as you as you will learn. Uh, but yeah, it was that was a cool moment.
1: Yeah, and it comes with a great little paycheck as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, hundred grand for ten <laughs> yeah, minutes. That's... I mean, four and a half minutes of work is great. It's yeah, totally. yeah,
1: because <laughs> prize money in India compared to all the FIA categories, well, it, it exists. Um, <laughs> it uh, it
0: is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah.
2: what's the dumbest thing you've ever bought with a paycheck from prize money?
0: That's a great question, James.
2: Okay, this is a great question, but hey, okay, so <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be surprised at which prize money check I used okay. to make said purchase. Okay. So I I've, I've always had a very strict Okay, let's we 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 touched on this earlier in the car. We mm. haven't talked about it on the show. My rookie year, I drove for a grand total of $0, mm. right? Motorsports is dumb. It's the stupidest sport on earth, yeah. right? So I risked my life for 16 weekends and all that stuff for no cash. <laughs> and I did it gladly. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> you thanked them for the opportunity. You thanked them for the opportunity. Yeah. And so, in fact, I mean, like, I helped grab... The, like, I essentially paid almost for it. And so I always had this incredible fear of, like, going broke one day. Right? Because, like, I came so, from basically being broke in this sense. And... Uh, when I got the drive with Andretti and they actually started making money driving race cars, which was like, I mean, I I was supposed to make money in A1. A lot of those checks didn't clear, but that's a different story. <laughs> I'm still out of still out a couple bucks that's from somebody. T- that's the next podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but so I, I'm this is not a joke. Um, I got my first paycheck, and then two weeks later, there's a show in the States called 30 for 30. It's on ESPN. Yes, You've yeah. heard of this? Yes. So they had so it's a series of documentaries, right? And they had one called Broke. And it was about professional athletes that made shit tons of money in their career and ended up destitute. Yeah. And I watched it two weeks after getting my first paycheck forever, you know, ever from driving a race car. And I was like, that's, I can't be that person. That's going to be me. If I, I, I got to buckle down, I got to be. So I, I say, like, I was, I, I still, still am pretty cheap. Yeah. And I saved as much as I possibly could. I ne- And I had this really strict rule. Don't buy a supercar. <laughs> yep. Don't buy something that's a waste of money. Yep. And again, I'm Canadian, living and working in the US. I'm on a visa. My status in that country is very temporary. So I'm like, let's not give the cops or the or the border patrol any reason to want to yeah, kick no me leverage. out. Let's not make it more likely that I get arrested or thrown out of the country. So I'm like, hard pass, no supercars, not doing it. I'm not spending money on that. Listen. Scott Dixon doesn't spend a lot of money. On, he was my idol. Like I looked at how the I'm not trying to, like, call him out here. Like, he's made a lot of money in his career. Mm. Scott doesn't live a flashy life for what he's earned, right? He's pretty actually... And I always looked at him like, that's the guy. Back, he, that's kiwi. the guy. Yeah. Like, in every conceivable... Should we, talk, should we just talk about Scott Dixon for a while? Yeah, should we rename talk in? Scott renamed, <laughs> Dixon? let the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least this
0: episode. So I was like, I'm not doing it. We were laughing about that the other day. Because we were like, well, when you're flying back to London, he's like, yeah, I think next week... I'm in coach, though. I was like, what... Dixon flies on in coach
2: transatlantic in
0: coach he's for like a guy yeah. that's
2: probably like grossed quite I, I wouldn't I, I, couldn't I don't guess. want to say a hundred million but like it's not it's not not fifty <laughs> you know like it's somewhere in that range yeah I love him he's my f- absolute hero so anyway so I'm like Scott doesn't have any fancy cars I don't need a fancy car I don't even have anywhere near Scott Dixon's success or money I don't need a fancy car so then something happened <laughs> 5 years 5 years into my career I got this check that I was not expecting to get Those are nice It was a healthy check Hold up was it a prize money check It was a prize money check It wasn't from racing Oh are we talking Dancing with the Stars Dancing with the Stars Second place in Dancing and with the Stars It pays quite a bit of money Yeah so, I, so I, I have this budget, and I work this budget in my life with my salary and all this stuff. And then at the end of that, like I had no idea that this was going to happen. right I thought I was going home week one. And the way it works there's every week you go, you get more money, essentially. So <laughs> if you make it to the finals, which I did, like it's a good paycheck. So I was sitting there, and I was just like, I didn't budget for this. I'm still well within my like, how much, how plan. Much we, how much are you talking
0: here for Dancing with the Stars?
2: So the way it works is... Give us a more then, less than less then more than 100 less than 500. Okay. All right, yeah. All but right. like good chunk of change. So, I was like and my and my wife, God bless her, she was like you deserve it. You deserve it. Oh, legend. Yeah, oh, she's the best. Yeah. She's like you deserve it. I was like Yeah, uh, I, I danced yeah. my ass <laughs> up. I deserve that car. So, I went and I bought it. And that's the dumbest thing I've ever done. What did you buy? I bought a an AMG GTS. Oh, nice. Man. Beautiful car. Right. Absolutely loved it. Two problems. Indianapolis is terrible roads. Yeah, in I, general, I can confirm. Yeah, can confirm. Yes, and we are gone all summer. Yeah, so the only time I'm home to drive it, you can't drive it because the weather's yep. too bad. And then even in a few days at home in the summer, the roads are like, where are you going to take it? So it's sad. I drove it a dozen times over three years. I'm like, this is stupid, and I sold it. So I still don't have one. I for don't, a lot
0: less than you would have bought it for. Way
2: less than I paid for it. Come on, this, this, this is a car. Yeah. <laughs> not It's a, not, a, not a smart car to invest in, not a Scott Dixon. To, the only cars Scott Dixon buys are cars he makes money on. Invisable, yeah, yeah. So he's th- a there's genius two, and two has for human society. When you're an IndyCar, oh my God. Yeah. When you're, when you're uh, an IndyCar driver, there are two schools of, of car purchases, right? There's the Graham Ray Hall School of Car Purchases and there's the Marco Andretti School of par- Car Purchases. Graham Ray Hall buys very high-end, limited-edition, special, cool cars that he keeps, sits on, maybe drives, maybe not, sells them two, three, eight months later for gross profit. Marco buys a car, doesn't need, but it's really cool, drives it for a year, sells it for way less than he bought it for, loses his ass, and then repeats the cycle. He's been doing it for years. He would not be mad at me saying that. He knows it's true. He should start
1: putting on the listings, owned by an Andretti. That surely raises the price. Must do.
2: No, it lowers it because they know how the Andretti's and drive up. their, yeah, cars, yeah, their yeah, road cars. Their road cars. Right. No Those guys, all bad. three of them, Actually, uh, yeah, all a, three of them are a, savage in a, a road car. Vehicle,
1: no chance. Wouldn't touch yeah, it.
2: You couldn't pay uh, me to drive it. I'm a no. granny
0: on the road, mate. Oh, I got my, I got my Honda Passport, and yeah. um, in and Indy, I couldn't wish pilot, for anything more. No, no. It's a, it's a beautiful wagon. Yeah. I'm it a pilot. It goes Love like the clappers. I have no desire to buy a sports car, honestly. I've, I've always thought that. An American muscle car would be cool. Or even mm. one of them um, utes. so American now. Yeah. A ute?
2: Yeah. A pickup truck? Yeah, a pickup yeah. truck. Yeah. Wow. You've been in the States way too long to not know that it's called a pickup truck. No, a ute is what no, we I know what, what a ute no. is, but it's no. not a ute. It's a
0: pickup truck. I want a Holden ute.
2: Holden. If you could yeah. import one of those, that would be pretty cool. And I want to get a tattoo. Let's... Why not, like <laughs> Peter Brock tattoo on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Scott Dixon, obviously, yeah, obviously It's yeah. just a picture of Dixon going Yeah, as long as it's not the same as mine <laughs> uh, just, I want to rock <laughs> up
0: Dude, I want to rock up to Nashville I want to have a tattoo on my forearm I want to have a cowboy hat on
2: And a ute, pickup truck
0: And I want to drive into the paddock
2: Yeah, you yeah. will get so. You will sell so much merch Yeah In Nashville if you rock up well, that's like That's a bit that. of a problem because That's going to trigger
1: our audience Because they're really on us about merch uh, yeah. no,
0: IndyCar actually have merch for me But it's got an Australian flag on it No Serious no, I'm dead serious. That's quite bad. And I called them up on it, um, and apparently they made a version 2, and then they put the the New Zealand flag upside down.
2: No, they didn't. I no, swear they, they didn't. They did. Everybody knows the orientation of the flag. Even nope. if they get the color of the stars wrong, they know the orientation was, of put, the we'll flag. We'll put a
0: photo up on the screen for everyone. Australian flag followed by a New Zealand flag upside down.
2: They're very different. Yeah, But, but you'd I mean, think that
0: they'd get it right after Dickson. Perhaps you know? they
1: one-day collectibles. I mean, if you had a... a Rookie year IndyCar t-shirt of Marcus Armstrong's with the New Zealand flag upside down. You know when like, you get into the finer details of watches and like, yeah. the, the errors that were produced turn out to be I feel hugely like, desirable. I feel
2: like this is more like when a team goes to the Super Bowl and doesn't win, but they've pre-made all this winner's gear and yeah, they just like, ship it off charity. to some yeah, thermal yeah. country. I yeah. think it's more like that. Yeah, probably. I was,
1: yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to protect the ego. But, Limited
2: yeah. edition doesn't necessarily mean good.
0: Yeah, it's not like the Cartier crash. Where, mm. <laughs> yeah, no, not going to happen. I'm crossing my fingers that they get it right. You'd think they'd get it right after Dixon having done it for so many years, but yeah. And now they've got McLaughlin. Yeah, it's a good fleet of Kiwis actually. Yeah. There's so many. There's so many. Ki- it's about time. IndyCar started to think about a race in New Zealand or Australia for that matter.
2: Well, I'd love to go back, man. Uh, so they used to race in Australia. It was incredible. Gold Coast, I've heard. Gold was Coast epic. was. <laughs> it was. I never raced it. I went as a commentator once. I, yeah. I was a commentator before I was a driver. I forgot Same. that. but yeah. <laughs> and, uh, dude, that race was unbelievable. And then I did that race in the V8s in, like, 2012 oh, or something. You? Like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Which team did you? Awesome. I remember that, before? actually. Gary Rogers. Gary Rogers. Oh, number. Gary's a yeah. character dude. as well, right? He was awesome. Yeah. He was such a dude. He used to go, like,
0: on the Legend. grid and drag yeah, yeah. at uh, well, that first. And, and like,
2: that race, they'd always, <laughs> the team would always dress up funky in, like, Hawaiian shirts yeah. and stuff like that. But man, it was that, those cars are so Maybe I do so that so Nashville. Fun. I go drag in Nashville.
0: That would be a sight to behold. I'm and into I, it. my condolences to all fans that see that. <laughs> all right, so to get to the nitty gritty, mm. you've uh, you've raced on all the IndyCar circuits. Firstly, what's your favorite that you've competed on? Road America. And, really? Yeah. That, that didn't take you long to think yeah. about.
2: Yeah. I mean, we leave Indy out of it. Okay. Yeah as a track just to drive Road America for road courses, Long Beach for street courses.
0: Why Road America? What's so special about that it's place? It's just
2: old fashioned. It's it's a good old school road course, long straights, high speed corners, low speed corners. It's just got it all. Like we always kinda, this is gonna you're gonna laugh, but like us who primarily race in North America, we call that like America's Spa. <laughs> I heard that a few times You know what I mean Like again. it's not We know it's not no, but, but like you can
0: give I it totally to it, got it? spa vibes When I was there
2: Spa-ish Spa Jason Apart from, Like it's when spa you're
0: Jason. When you're driving It's very
2: spa-ish Okay yes Yeah yes I yeah. must say The landscape the Outside that... of the track Maybe a little different It's not exactly yeah. Belgium Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Midwest yeah. is not <laughs> yeah. like Yeah the, the mountains
0: Yeah The the new pavement The resurfacing Yeah This year Jealous Dude it was That unreal. looks fun it was on the carousel
2: turn nine. Uh, it was flat. Was it flat in quality? Yeah. 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 That's, that's, so that's cool. pretty cool. Mental. So we were close to flat in like the old Aero Kit days with the manufacturer kits. We had yeah. way more downforce than the cars have now. And it was pretty, I think some guys did it flat.
0: Oh, Dario's told me a million times about it. Dario, he I think he probably would have said at least six times on the race weekend. My let record was a. Uh, what, 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 what times were
2: we doing 143 <laughs> I don't know why would I know 143 something I yeah
0: think. it was it
2: .98 of whatever yeah, second it was yeah 43.9 I think yeah. and I think
0: Hertha's Polak was about a tenth off that yeah it
2: was no, yeah, with, a, with 300 less horsepower yeah and Dario don't talk to me about your carousel back then yeah. buddy I don't want to hear it <laughs> I don't want to hear it <laughs> Dario
0: being the gracious man that he is. He was like <laughs> prancing around the truck like I still got the lap record. <laughs> After that quality. Oh, so that so he was nervous on the way. Yeah, that was weighing like, on him, eh. Buck, buck, he buck, was buck, he was thinking buck, yeah. about it. It oh, was interesting. that track honestly was so much fun. So was that your favorite
2: so far? I think it's
0: definitely up there yeah. with like all the European circuits that I've done as well. Really? You yes. you'd
2: even put it up again? Okay, so by far the best IndyCar circuit you've done.
0: It's, that's difficult, because I like street circuits. Okay. Yeah. So, like, Long Beach, like you just Long said. Long Beach is incredible.
2: Unreal. I like Pretty the... As well, yeah. as a and then just, yeah, it's such a good... Yeah.
0: The unpredictability of it, like, also the way the track evolves, the like, just the, the flow of the circuit to the walls, I like all that, and Long Beach was yeah spectacular.
2: To be fair, I really liked Detroit. Like yeah, I haven't raced that one. That was the new layout, so I haven't raced that one. Um, that was actually so much fun. I think you're going to like Nashville that's I funny because yeah. yeah. most people don't and there's a lot of reasons you shouldn't but i feel like you will just based on that comment alone well it's like because
0: most of our viewers are european based okay but they'll be used to watching like a monaco street yeah, circuit not a street or circuit baku not, or, not a street circuit
2: or, um singapore um, jeddah you guys don't go to yeah, street circuits,
0: no and so the that's a street circuit this was there, my yeah. idea of a street circuit before i came to right <laughs> yeah we love that <laughs> and then i rocked up to st pete and i came in after fp1 what are the better ones one of that's what scott said <laughs> yeah i came into the engineering office like i've got a headache like that was a that was like riding so a second a, best one on the calendar like yeah. riding a bull out there <laughs> and he's like man that was probably one of the smoothest street tracks of the year so buckle up and then <laughs> we go to detroit mm. oh my days Uh, All right, so Long Beach, any particular reason why?
2: The the track is awesome to drive. The atmosphere, like you said, is incredible. It's always been really good to me. Junior categories, IndyCar, like I've always kind of run well there. There's just something about it. I don't know. It's a lot of street circuits like Detroit. Not a criticism, but it's a lot of 90-degree corners or like 180-degree hair. But like your city streets, are pretty limited. Right, Right. exactly right. Long Beach has some character, right? Like the front straight's curved. You got the fountain section. Even turn four and five, they're not just nineties or a little bit less. There's a little bit of elevation out of turn six, which is a really atypical straight circuit corner. Yeah. is that across the, the comedy club? The comedy club. So like they whip
1: up the hill and then down and yeah, sort of, yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. So you come out of six as a left-hander, and then yeah. all, all the bars are on the on the left-hand side. Of yeah, the I'm familiar the with right. those. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The old Dubliner. Mm. That's that's the Irish bar we always end up yeah. at at the end of the race. Um, but yeah, so it's just it's got elevation, it's got a, a good mix of corners for a street circuit. So that yeah. I think that's why it always kind of like stood out to me. Okay, and then
0: a uh, selfish question. Mm. Hope you don't mind, James. know oh, you're a selfish person. Um, Inherently, I've heard that. Apparently, I am. Yeah, I am. Um, nah, what advice do you have for me, like personally? I've uh, just win got...
2: rookie of the year, so I don't lose a bunch of money. I, <laughs> I don't know. We've already. I thought we covered this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're
0: right. Okay. Okay. No. So I've come. I've come from Europe. Yes. Uh, you are now familiar with the European racing culture. You've done F1 TV. You've been working with all the F1 guys. Now Swindy Carr in um, Chip Ganassi Racing. I feel like I'm in a pretty, I'm in a very, very, very lucky situation. Do you have some advice for a young Marcus? Don't fuck it up. <laughs> you yeah. could be
2: the next Scott Dixon. No, look, you, you're, I love that you acknowledge the situation that you're in. Most rookies don't get a Ganassi car their first year. Yeah. That's a that's a privilege that very few are afforded. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to report that from what I've heard around the paddock, uh, you've done okay. And everybody seems pretty pleased with the effort so far. So keep that up. The biggest thing, man, is... And I don't think this is a secret. I don't think it's unique to IndyCar. I don't think it's unique to motorsport. I think it's pretty universal in sport. I think it's pretty universal in life. The people that work the hardest get the best results. And IndyCar is so evenly matched the equipment is the same you've one of two engines the team obviously makes a big difference but the driver plays a much bigger part than a lot of other a lot of other formula a lot of other series and if you look at the drivers that are consistently successful and have longevity in this series they're smart and they work really hard there are quick drivers that don't think long term enough in a race who fizzle out. There are fast drivers who can think through a race but they don't think through a championship. They're not they don't think long term enough. And there are there are good talented drivers that just flat out don't work hard. They get by they've gotten by on their talent up to this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the junior you see that a lot. Junior category drivers that they could just show up and wax the field in their inherent ability. But once you get to whether it's F1 or IndyCar or whatever, the best 20 from the last 10 years plus are all in the same place. And those drivers got there because they worked their ass off and they know how to put that effort in. So my advice is, is learn from Scott Dixon, put in the effort, never assume that you've done enough, never assume that you're good enough, live in constant fear <laughs> and you will have a long and successful career. It sucks in a lot of ways that that's kind of the mindset you have to have. Have confidence in your abilities because you clearly have it, but be very conscious of the fact that this could all disappear tomorrow. And that's... I Look, I'll be the, I don't know if I've ever admitted this on, on recorded media before. Yeah. So this could be a world first. I will openly admit at this stage of my life and career that I was not naturally the fastest guy over a lap my strength was my ability to learn and my ability to outwork other drivers you put me and you out on the track for a first session in the same car there's a good chance you're going to go faster than me but i'm going to look at your data and i'm going to do what you did and i'm going to at least match if not beat you later my natural ability was not to like just be the fastest guy out of the gate but i could i could analyze i could apply and then I was willing to work hard because it wasn't easy for me coming up. My first mm. go-kart race, I finished last. The entire first year of my go-karting career, I was last. Yeah. I was not some phenom kid that they put in a go-kart. I was like, look at this guy. He's going to the pros. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, why is he here? Yeah. But out I really away. wanted to yeah. Yeah, I really wanted to be good. And I worked my ass off to be good. And that, in my first year of racing, that was the lesson that I had to learn. And that applied the whole way through. So many drivers just breeze through the first five, six, 10 years of their driving career until they get to a level where it's like, man, this is hard now, and they don't know how to do it. Yeah. So I I remember a quote
1: similar to, in line with what you just said, of uh, John Button, Jensen's dad, who once apparently said to him, Jensen, you're not the fastest driver in the world, but you are the best, and so that kind of resonates a little bit with, you know, and he, look at his career. It
2: applies, and then the thing is, every once in a while you get a really talented driver who has a crazy work ethic, Mm -hmm. and his name's Max Verstappen, his name's Michael Schumacher, his name's Lewis Hamilton, like. Those guys set themselves apart not just because of their pure ability. A lot of drivers, not a lot, there are a handful of drivers that can have that. The mm-hmm. ones that are truly great are the ones that have that ability with that just unrelenting work ethic. Yeah. And there are a lot of good drivers that have that same work ethic that get themselves a world championship, a like Jensen Button. Yeah. Like they're in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But like over a lap, you're never going to put 50 bucks on them against the, so against the Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. I always say Kimi Raikkonen. Look, I don't know Kimi. I love Kimi. I've been a huge fan of his his yeah. entire career. But like, you get the sense that he wasn't outworking Lewis Hamilton.
0: Mm.
2: He wasn't outworking Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, since he wasn't outworking anyone, but that's
1: that is the sense. It's just Montoya. Persona, but
2: Montoya, I always thought that Montoya was one of the most naturally gifted drivers on earth. But you got the sense he wasn't outworking his teammates. Mm. And if those drivers unbelievably did, unbelievably talented, they, they could have done incredible. Not that they didn't. They did incredible things. Mm-hmm. He was a world champion. I'm not trying to take anything away from what he accomplished, but you like, could he have been a seven-time world champion if he had like Schumacher's? You know,
0: another selfish question: Who was the most dedicated, hardworking driver you ever saw, like in person as a teammate, potentially?
2: As a teammate, it would probably be Hunter Ray. That's interesting. Yeah, Hunter Ray worked, and, and I learned a lot off him just in general. He was a great teammate. He's still a great friend. He's still a great driver. Um,
0: I was racing against him last week. Yes, you were. Childhood hero. Or he, he was someone that I. It's watched. just some a yeah. name
2: that's just in your vocabulary as yeah, a kid yeah. for us, it's, right? Yeah, he's just yeah. a, a staple, right? Like yeah. He's just he's like part of the furniture in the room of IndyCar. Like yeah. He's just... it, it seemed so, almost weird not yeah. having him on the grid. Up I still at look now. at yeah. I still look at Grosjean's car like half the time. Want to be like, and Hunter Ray's coming. Oh no, nope. It's yeah. been Two years, Jay. Yeah. He doesn't drive that yeah. car anymore. Yeah. But for ten years or whatever, he did. Yeah. Uh, he was really good. But then, he, but I think if I were to just pick a guy in IndyCar, it would it would be Scott, not just because. Dude, like, I'm so lucky to see this firsthand. No, it's it's incredible because like because Scott and I all like I was never his teammate, unfortunately. But I saw like, I worked out at the same place in PitFit. Like we went to the gym together every day, and. You could just, you could see it. And the way he but he's also very intelligent. Like I do told me
1: he's a savage in pit fit. Like he's brutal on the young guys as well.
2: Like he is, he's a genetic marvel. Mm. Like he does work incredibly hard, but he also has a, just a genetic advantage over people. Like his natural heart rate is 10 beats lower than any other athlete I've ever seen. Wow. So like he, so imagine having that innate advantage born into you. Mm. A la Kimi, a la Montoya. Yeah. But then also working your ass, and that's why he's a six-time champion. Like when you see him at the gym, and like someone will come in, they'll be. We used to keep these record boards. They don't really do any. Do you go to Pfit? Uh-huh. No. So we used to keep these record boards for certain things: rower, skier, cer- certain things, right? And Scott owned most of them. And it was just sort of accepted, right? And then one day you get some young kid come in, you know, full of piss and vinegar. He's like, ah, I'm going to go after this one. I wonder one of... who that could be resonating yeah, with. he picked pick like one of, of the nine records Scott had and be like, oh, I think I can. And he would train for three weeks and he would knock this thing out. And Scott would come in one day. No one would even tell him. And he'd just come in one day and he would just, because he clearly looks. Every day he walked in, he would just <laughs> double check that he was still the absolute <laughs> fucking king. And then he would just notice the name and he was like, Huh? Somebody beat me on the two thousand meter row, (laughs) and just like not warm up, sit on the rower and just boom, 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 and just bury that kid's confidence for like just end careers. You're like, oh, there's I shouldn't even be here. Like it's it's incredible, man. Yeah. Incredible.
1: No, I I I mean I we've done how many episodes of this podcast, and I don't think there's once we've brought up a conversation not to do with Scott Dixon. I've tied it back in. To how much I like this podcast. yeah.
2: Be, I'd be a little concerned if you didn't mention in, at least once in every episode, yeah. It'd be weird, yeah, yeah, it'd be <laughs> really <yeah. laughs> be unpatriotic, <laughs>
1: correct? Correct. I think we, we've probably got a, a great episode here, mate. yeah. Uh, unless you've got anything else you want to get no, into, I
0: could talk forever, but it's almost 9 p.m. and I'm about to fall asleep, <laughs> and my messages are going on anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh mate, thank you so no, so no. much no, thank you guys it's been thank go on. That. yeah thank you very much I mean, we've both
1: been watching you since we were we're not going to say to make yeah, you feel better don't. but you know like <laughs> we, we've both looked up to you for a long time you know time, how you really said like
0: it. hunter ray's name is like embedded in the sport of indica well between us three and everyone watching and you guys are you two over there yeah your name is also there well, like I, I grew up that. watching right your name winning races on the podium so it's awesome to have you here
2: thank Thank you so uh, much it's been a lot of fun lovely thanks Thanks, Dan thanks for watching